Welcome to our regular episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. It's hard to believe that we have left it to episode 24 of Business Wise to discuss this all-important topic, hats. Hats and hatting are as integral and vital to the Hubbard management system as statistical management, but interestingly, tends to get less emphasis from the members in general. But if you do not have a very complete and systematic hatting process in place in your company, I don't care how large or small it is, you cannot really claim to be using the Hubbard management system, for one thing, and you are certainly not going to achieve your full potential as an enterprise. Furthermore, don't expect to achieve the freedom you aspire towards as, quote, your own boss, end quote, a big motivation for many entrepreneurs. Without hatting, your business will be the most ruthless boss you ever had. I dare say some of you may sometimes feel like you are a slave to your business. And if you don't get in a hatting program with yourself and your employees, you probably are. Now, whether you are new to the Hubbard Management System or not, chances are when you hear the word hats, H-A-T-S, you already know at least vaguely what I am talking about. The reason for this is that this term, like so many of Mr. Hubbard's coined words, has entered the general business vernacular or vocabulary over the past few decades. So it is not uncommon to run into the word hat in today's business world. Make no mistake, however, this is a term L. Ron Hubbard has used since at least February of 1957, and very, very likely much earlier than that. Mr. Hubbard wrote a tremendous amount on the subject of hats, but one of the most definitive articles is dated 22 September 1970 and is entitled appropriately, Hats. Here and he defines what a hat is, and I quote, Hat, a term used to describe the write-ups, check sheets, and packs that outline the purposes, know-how, and duties of a post. So we'll quickly define it here. The check sheet is, for Mr. Hubbard, a form which sets out the exact sequence of items to be studied or done by a student in order, item by item, on a course. It lists all the materials of the course in order to be studied with a place for the student to put his initial and the date as each item on the check sheet is studied, performed, or checked out. The items are selected to add up to the required knowledge of the subject. They are arranged in the sequence necessary to a gradient of increasing knowledge of the subject. So that's a check sheet. So let's review this definition again. Hat, a term used to describe the write-ups, check sheets, and packs. Obviously, the check sheet accompanies the pack. Write-ups could be write-ups from people who have had the post before or the position. Hat, a term used to describe the write-ups, check sheets, and packs that outline the purposes, know-how, and duties of a post. So a post is defined as a position, job, or duty to which a person is assigned or appointed, an assigned area of responsibility and action in an organization which is supervised in part by an executive. So that's a post, position, job, or duty to which a person is assigned or appointed. Okay, so hat, a term used to describe the write-ups, check sheets, and packs 
that outline the purposes, know-how, and duties of a post. It exists in folders and packs and is trained in on the person on the post. Now, this is a, a very important qualifier. Obviously, the description of a hat from Mr. Hubbard is pretty thorough. It includes write-ups, which would be perhaps, as mentioned earlier, from earlier incumbents, successful incumbents of the position, check sheets that would accompany packs of material that the person would uh, study to fully understand the purposes, know-how, and duties of their post. But he says it exists in folders and packs and is trained in on the person on the post. That's the key part of this definition here. It's supposed to be trained in. I have seen hats and hat write-ups but I have in member businesses, but what is often lacking is a system by which it's actually being trained in on the person on the post. Okay, so then Mr. Hubbard goes on to give uh, a bit of the history of this, what he refers to as hat technology. Remember that technology is applied knowledge. So there's a whole technology to hats and hatting. Hats developed in 1950 for use in Dianetic orgs. Remember, org is short for organization. As a special technology, the term and idea of a hat comes from conductors or locomotive engineers, etc., each of whom wears a distinctive and different type of headgear. A hat, therefore, designates particular status and duties in an organization. So there's some of your history. If you're on a train, you can identify who is uh, working in the uh, galley of the train and who is the conductor and who is the porter and who is the engineer by identifying their hats. And so this has been brought over to our organizations, and it's extremely easy to assimilate as a concept. So he goes on to say, a hat is a specialty. It handles or controls certain particles in various actions and receives changes and routes them. So if you take a look at an organization, it is basically lines with particles that move on them. A particle be, could be a piece of uncut lumber. It could be a customer. It could be a piece of electronic equipment that is being assembled for merchandising. It could be a dispatch. It could be a written communication. It could be an order. These are all particles, and particles all travel on lines, and they go from one terminal or receipt point and relay point to another. Fundamentally, that's your organization. So every terminal on those lines does make some sort of change to that particle. So, for instance, someone would walk into your place of business, and the first person they would meet would be a receptionist. And at that point, a change is made with them. They usually come in very disoriented. They don't, they've never been there before. They don't know who they're supposed to talk to. They don't know where anything is. And that is the receptionist's function to uh, welcome them, to receive them, and make a change with them. In other words, the receptionist has a function to orient them to what's what and who's who and who do they need to speak to next and where do they need to sit and where do they need to wait and so forth. So the receptionist is affecting a change with the particle, the particle in this case being a human being who has walked through the front door. Now, they can know what they're doing when they do that, the receptionist, or they can not know what they're doing when they do that. Uh, obviously, we're, we're describing a fairly simple uh, technology or hat, but uh, one couldn't be more important than the hat of the receptionist, being as the receptionist is usually where a customer, a prospective customer, 
gets their first impression of your organization. So does she need to be had it? You bet she does because, or he, because they have to make a change with that particle and that change should be standardized and highly appropriate to fit in with the rest of the organization. Now you get her up to that, or you get him up to that level of being able to make the correct changes by hatting them. In other words, defining with them and getting them to understand the purposes, know-how, and duties of their post. They are manning a post. Now, he states here, every hat has a product. You could conversely state, every product has a hat. So, receptionist has a product. Define what that product is. And that person achieves that product through executing a hat. Now, the same thing would go for a salesperson. They have a hat and they have a product. And if you want them to be able to get that product consistently and effectively and predictably, they need a hat and they need to be trained in on that hat. That is hatting technology. Then he goes on to say this, the product can be represented as a statistic. Okay, now you've got this all coming together. The person is expected to produce a product. That's why they're posted there. That's their area of responsibility. They are going to affect a certain change with a particle, whether it's wood, metal, concrete, which waits for no man. You're handling concrete, man. You better be had it because that stuff will, it'll set whether you like it or not within a certain period of time. So people have to be hatted to handle the changes of the particle of a truckload of wet concrete. And if they're not had it, they're not going to move fast enough. They're not going to move the particle quickly enough and do the right things with it. And uh, you got a mess on your hands. So any area where a person is seeking a product, they need to have a hat. And of course, the more complex the changes are with the particle, the more uh, skilled, perhaps, that the changes have to be uh, executed with, the more hatting is needed. How much hatting do we want the oral surgeon to have versus the maintenance man? Now, this is in no way intended to denigrate the activities of a maintenance person because that has its own technology too, and that has its own hatting. And if they are not given a hat and trained in on it, and by the way, people can walk up the walk and say, oh, I'm already hatted, do not assume so until you have observed them work. In actual fact, it makes a lot of sense to hat everyone who comes in, whether they're experienced or not, with specific write-ups, check sheets, and packs. Obviously, technical expertise is its own thing. So, you know, a person might go to university or college to study a, a certain technical expertise for many years, but without a question, you must check it over. You would at least want to have check sheets that would or checklist might be the more appropriate term for that, but you'd want to check it over and make sure they're hatted. Don't work on that assumption that they're hatted. That would be a big error. Hatting is part of breathing when it comes to building and administering an organization. So they have a hat, which if they learn it, provides the know-how and the steps to acquire or to create a product. And then that product has to be represented by a statistic. This is the way you can tell whether the person knows their hat and is willing to function at that hat. So you can have a person unable to get a statistic to rise because they're not hatted 
or they could be unable to get the statistic to rise because they actually don't want that statistic to go up or they have some form of counterintention or unwillingness to work on that particular post or to perform that function or those duties. But how are you going to be able to distinguish one from the other without hatting? So you bring somebody on, you hire them, you put them in place, you say, wow, this person is clearly not with the team. They're just not getting their statistic up. So they must therefore be counterintention to our organization in some form or another and uh, might even get sacked. But how would you know if you've never hatted them? Okay, you, you, you can't rule that out without hatting. That's why hatting is critical to any sort of personnel management because it's the only way you can distinguish between the person who's with you and who isn't because you can easily mistake a lack of hatting for someone who's just not with you. So back to this incredible article, 22 September 1970, Mr. Hubbard says, any job or position in the world could have its own hat. The reason things do not run well in a life, an org, a group, nation, or the world is an absence of hats. Clearly, this has a much broader application than just with regards to a business. I mean, if you are having trouble at home, try figuring out who's got what hat and get people hatted. So Junior knows that he is the dryer uh, when it comes to the washing up and uh, learns how to do a proper job of drying and does it efficiently and effectively. He knows it's his hat. Uh, you could literally give him a statistic. I don't necessarily recommend that at home, but some have and with success. But you have a lot to do in a home to make it function, and that breaks down in hats. So let's get everybody assigned a hat and get them hatted for it, and you might find a much more harmonious situation at home or in a village or town or government or what have you. Mr. Trevor goes on to say, the reason why an org, which is short for organization, the reason why an org runs well when it does is hats. Any protest of anyone against things not running right can be traced to lack of hats. Any slump an org goes through can be traced directly and at once to an absence of one or more hats being worn. So an absence of a hat being known, understood, or worn, or even being acknowledged to exist. You can even have hats that nobody even really understands exist, like who's responsible, whose hat is it to make sure that the image of the place is kept up. That's a common one that usually falls to the boss because he doesn't realize it. it's a hat that can actually be delegated. You know, how come I'm the only one who sees that we've run out of toilet paper or something, right? That's a hat. But uh, to the extent that you don't have hats functioning, you will have these slumps, you will have things that are out of control, and you fall into something called cope, uh, which I think everybody here is familiar with. I probably don't have to define it too hard, but he goes on in this article, 22 September uh, 70, hats, to define it. He says, cope means to handle whatever comes up. In the dictionary, it means to deal successfully with a difficult situation. We use it to mean to handle any old way, whatever comes up, to handle it successfully and somehow. So that's our definition of cope, and you've probably done plenty of that. But listen to this law. It's followed by another line, an incredibly vital one, all capital letters. If you remain in cope, the demand to cope increases. If you remain in cope, the demand to cope increases. How about that? You're in cope. You want to get out of cope. Don't cope more to get out of cope because the more you cope, the more cope you're going to be doing. Okay. 
you want to get out of cope, you got to do some organize and you have to hack people. That's how you get out of cope. You don't get out of cope by doing more cope because as he says here, if you remain in cope, the demand to cope increases. And he says, in that you have the key to exhausted executives or staff members. So if you feel exhausted, it's because you're coping too much and you're not hatting. Now you get out of cope and you start putting in hatting an organization on a gradient. So Mr. Hubbard, again, in this article, says a gradient scale means a gradual increasing degree of something. A non-gradient scale would be telling someone to enter a skyscraper by a 30-second story window. Thus, there is a gradient scale of organizing. One in actual practice has to cope while organizing. Okay, so you are in a cope situation. Uh, We're not going to ask you to... Uh, enter the skyscraper by a 30-second story window, you need to work out gradients. How do you gradiently get people uh, more hatted? How do you gradiently put in some more order and more organization? Uh, So I believe that one of the reasons why people shy away from hats is they go and try and do too much too fast. Uh, In the WISE arena, we are fortunate to have a group called the Effective Management Association, which is producing hatting materials for our members as a benefit to the members uh, in the form of online training and very, very simple videos uh, and check sheets after a fashion where they go through a gradient of videos to get a better and better understanding of the Hubbard Management System. If you would like more information on that, you should contact uh, our office at info at wiseeastus.org or you can write yeah, just write us there at info at wiseeastus.org and um, contact us and we will set you in the right direction for that. But uh, as a member of WISE, certainly uh, hatting and company training is one of the, your biggest benefits and you should certainly take advantage of it because otherwise you're just going to drown and cope. A lot more could be said about hats and hatting. A lot more will be said about hats and hatting in this uh, podcast series, business-wise, because it is extremely important. We have probably neglected it to a certain extent here, uh, simply because there is so much to cover, and it's sometimes uh, just a matter of sequence. You know, when are we going to get to everything? But uh, probably not for some time yet. But this one of hats is, though it's come along here on uh, episode 24, Make no mistake, it is a very, very important subject and one you have to get very, very familiar with. All right, I want to wrap it up uh, with the final few paragraphs of this extraordinary reference. Uh, We've only touched on just a few of the parts of it, but uh, I particularly like this one. This section of of the article is entitled Ethics. And Mr. Harbert says this, when a person has no hat, He lacks purpose and value. Isn't that interesting? He lacks purpose and value. When he has no purpose and value, he not only goofs, he will commit crimes. So that's what happens when people don't get hatted. They don't just do nothing. They do really wrong things. And when they do wrong things, they tend to magnify and grow and just snowball. And you end up with uh, criminals on your staff. You, You made them by not hatting them. In many cases, not all the time, but uh, sometimes you just bring one on board. But you are capable as an executive or entrepreneur of creating criminals by just not having them because they just keep going on not producing products 
uh, and usually having to falsify statistics to try and look like they're valuable. Um, and you can blame them all you want, but you have a responsibility in that too. Did you have them? So he says, when he has no purpose and value, he not only goofs, he will commit crimes. It is apparently easier to hit with ethics than to program and give someone a full hat and get him trained on it. Police action is not a substitute for having purpose and value. This is so fundamental that one can even trace the unrest of a nation to lack of purpose and value. A huge welfare program guarantees crime and revolt because it gives handouts, not hats. And then he gives this extraordinary datum. In an expanding population, I believe we're in an expanding population right now. He says, in an, in an expanding population, individual purpose and value are the most vital and wanted commodities. You don't think that's true? Look around you right now. As there is a higher unemployment than there's been in decades, just start witnessing the civil unrest. People need hats. He goes on to say this, if there are no real hats, there will soon be no money of any value and no bread. So that's from Mr. Hubbard. So we better get on with it. Hatting our people. Let's build strong, sound uh, companies as members of WISE that set a standard and example for the rest of the world to follow. Let's give people purpose and value by giving them hats. To any being, per Mr. Hubbard, in this reference, he says, any hat is better than no hat, quote, unquote. So look at if we take an ambitious attitude towards our businesses and our enterprises and really put in point by point Hubbard management and see these uh, businesses expand and take on a greater and greater zone of influence, if we bring people on and we give them hats, we give them purpose and we give them value. Just think about the amount of sanity that we can spread through our environment and how badly is it needed at this time. So I hope you take this to heart. I hope that you have immediately grabbed your pad and paper and pencil or made a note in your phone to uh, figure out how you are going to institute a hatting program in your business. I don't care if it's two people. People say, well, you know, we're not big enough to start hatting yet. You know, we're only two or three people. Trust me, you, what do you want to do? Wait until you're large and confused before you start hatting? It's like, oh, we're not confused enough. It's not chaotic enough around here yet. No, start hatting from the get-go. Start hatting with your very first hire. Start hatting with yourself. You're, not, you're never too small to start hatting uh, because even you need more hatting. If you didn't believe so, why would you be listening to this podcast? So your staff and employees also need hatting. Your partners need hatting. Your family needs hatting. Our uh, governments need hatting. Anything uh, that is trying to get a product, you know, uh, our teachers need hatting. <laughs> our uh, enforcement agencies need hatting. There's no lack of need for purpose and value in hatting in this uh, modern world. So let's start by hatting everything within our immediate environment, our own enterprises, and uh, thereby start creating a, a better society. Okay, so that's it for today. Uh, if you have uh, any successes or wins you want to originate from this podcast, please do contact us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you want more information about how to establish a training program in your 
company. Nothing could be easier. We've got the perfect gradients for you. Just contact us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you have any questions about anything we've gone over, contact us at info at wiseeastus.org, and uh, we'd be happy to answer them. Uh, Otherwise, until next time, thank you very much for listening.